It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington will have a new name, new threads, and could the team also find a new home sooner rather than later? That discussion, NFL playoff predictions, and mock drafts, both conventional and a little bit different, right now on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. You are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on the Washington football team with the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, Washington football team writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. My partner, Chris Russell, won half of the Russell and Menher show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also find them on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms and we are on Twitter at Russellmania621 at DHarrison82 and at LockedWFT pod chris we are merely weeks away from not being the locked on washington football team podcast anymore but being the locked on fill in the blank podcast we'll find out what that is later but not only is washington getting a new name some new duds as the players are saying fierce mean uh those are the tough are are some of the words being used to describe the new threads uh, that we're about to see but they could also be getting a new home earlier i think than most people expected yeah, and, and and you're right. We we obviously don't know the name, and we don't know the exact you know look of the logo and all that stuff. I mean, there's been some reported leaks and all that good stuff, and now there's reports uh, and actually what was said by the new governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, David. Uh, you and I both live in the Commonwealth of Virginia in very different areas and different parts. Uh, But Glenn Youngkin, who officially took office last Saturday uh, as the new governor, uh, is has already made a lot of reported progress and remarks and thoughts uh, in his opening week uh, as the governor. And, and, And just quickly, what we mean by that is he has publicly expressed very much a strong desire to bring a NFL team, the Washington, whatever they're called, here to the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's been uh, a thing that Virginia has been trying to do for off and on for the last decade or so. Uh, And without getting too political, what he wants to do is apparently put the old stadium, the baseball stadium committee and project back together to then use it and apply that group to their efforts to locating, again, a feasible plot of land, infrastructure, and project around a new football stadium for the Washington whatevers. Uh, And, um, you know, like just kind of circling the wagons here again, some people are surprised by this, that maybe the Washington whatevers are not going to RFK and the RFK stadium site or staying in Maryland. And and again, this is not definitive at at this point, David, but I guess the way it was termed in a published report is they were in serious talks with Virginia. So you take that for what it is. Serious talks can break down, but they're not going to the RFK stadium site because that site is not available. 
That site is not available for all the fans that want that to be the new home because it was the old home and it was such a legendary hollowed place to play football and to win championships. That place is not available. And Maryland, there's all sorts of issues. And even if they build a new stadium on the current FedEx field property next to it, uh, as many places do, that brings on an enormous amount of challenges. So Virginia really has always been the lead dog in this, the lead Mm -hmm. horse, if you will. And it appears now that they are asserting their authority. And I don't want to say down the stretch they come, but David, it does look like there is significant progress, significant desire. And I know there always has been on the on the end of Dan Snyder and former team president Bruce Allen and many other executives in the organization at the time that I worked for them to build in Virginia. So I don't know what that all means. And I don't know if that would make you happy as a new Virginia resident, but that's that's the most likely scenario. Yeah, it would make me happy. Look, Maryland's got the Ravens. Like you, you already have the Baltimore Ravens. You don't need two teams. You're too small for two teams. You need to let Washington move back to Virginia or to Virginia, you know, where where it belongs. Um, I remember driving past the old RFK Stadium uh, a lot during my years living right outside of Baltimore. I would travel into and around uh, the D.C. area and obviously into Virginia, uh, the eastern part of Virginia a lot uh, just, just for work and everything. And, and I would drive by it a lot. And I don't know, it was, it was it's it's – I know it's Washington, right? Like that's the team name and, and all that. But when you think about the team, you, you re, like if, if, if you get outside the nation's capital, you think Virginia, you don't think Maryland, you think Virginia. Um, so, so yeah, the, the team needs to, to play in Virginia. Plus, I mean, the team headquarters is in Virginia. Like, I don't, I don't know how the tax situation works, but I imagine because they earn their home game checks in, in, in the state of Maryland, that there are, uh, is some tax issues that they that players have to deal with, and that's a very probably minute. Obviously, like determining where the team's going to play, they're not going to take right. that into account. But just human being to human being, like let's simplify things a little bit for these guys, and let's have them practice and play in the same state, so that the state taxes are taken from the same place and simplify their tax situations uh, and, and all that. So yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? And again, you know whether. Uh, people supported, you know, Yunkin or, or anything else like that. That's, you know, and in this discussion, I think it's irrelevant. I think bottom line, no matter which side of the house you voted for, uh, bringing the team to to, to Washington, to Virginia, uh, makes sense. It adds jobs, obviously, in state. Um, it's going to add revenue and, and all those things. And it's 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 a good thing for any governor to do, whether it's, whether it's this one or a different one. You know, you mentioned the tax situation. And while we don't want to dig too much deep into the minutia, the 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 absolute point that you made, which which is important for all sides, Virginia and for players, coaches, essential personnel, is that the daily facility, the team facility, the current Inova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn, Virginia, once known as Redskins Park, that that is in conjunction and in the same locale and state as the new stadium. And the reason for that is this, David, Um, not only the tax purposes for the Commonwealth of Virginia to get all of that tax revenue. Remember, the players, again, live in near the facility, you know, year round in many cases and most of the year, obviously, in some other cases, coaches obviously live year round, so on and so forth. So Mm -hmm. all of that revenue would be in one state as opposed to what it currently is, where it's 
you know, mostly in Virginia, but like you said, some split in, in Maryland. But the other big thing, real quickly, is if you have the facility and if you have the stadium, David, in the same spot, I, I, I'll, I'll tell this story real quick. I'll never, ever, ever forget. In my early years on the beat, covering Mike Shanahan, I would often work, walk out of the building with him or walk out of the stadium with him after a game or, or talk to him privately after his press conference. The number one thing, win or lose, on his mind always was, oh, my God, I've got a two, two-and-a-half-hour drive. And he had a town car yeah. that was driven for him from yeah. FedEx Field back to Ashburn to get home to the facility or to his condo, right? That's yeah. how ridiculous it was, and it was a waste of time. And that's important for players, coaches, essential personnel, that they don't have to deal with that logistical nightmare and that everything is sort of centrally located. So that's a big part yeah. of this as well. I mean, listen, that's a huge point because uh, there was one point in time uh, and, and, you know, uh, going over to my Buccaneers cover. So where one buck places or uh, uh, the, the Advent health training center now is what's called. It, it's, it's in the shadow of Raymond James stadium. Like it's right down the street. It's not next door, but it's right down right. the street. And I remember there was, there was a time in training camp when Matt Gay at the time was a rookie uh, Rams kicker right now, but he was a rookie for the Buccaneers, and they were they're going through a lot of kicking struggles. You know, Washington fans can 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 uh, can empathize, right? And it looked like Matt Gay was doing really well, but he was also struggling from a certain distance and a certain length, and and all that. They literally uh, there was one day they literally said, you know what, we're going to the stadium, we're going to the stadium, we're going to kick in the stadium, and they had that ability. Whereas right now with Washington, like if you're going to go to the stadium to practice, you can't do that on a whim. You can't do that. Like you can't have a coordinator come up and say, hey, coach, I think it would really be advantageous if we get in the field, get in the stadium and do yep. this. And there's it, there's other logistical things, even if you are next door. You know, what is the grounds crew doing? How What's the shape of the field? I got all that. But bottom line is if it's next door, it opens up your opportunities to do things, events even, you know, media opportunities. And it's just, it just, it just makes a lot more sense. It does. Uh, and I didn't even think about what you just brought up as a potential possibility. And I don't know if they would do that, but I know this, the Green Bay Packers practice inside Lambeau field. Uh, you know, other teams obviously have their facility, the giants, the Texans yeah. uh, at their stadium complex, the Eagles uh, are right down the road. Uh, so, you know, again, the advantage, the, the advantages are certainly strong. All right. We will get into the stadium, you know, as development, as warrants, uh, as news warrants is what he was trying to say in English. He's only been doing this for over a quarter century. So we will keep you posted. But right now, team making reportedly significant progress. David. But I've got an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. And it's the Get Upside app. Our listeners are making up 25 cents off of every gallon in cash back every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first Phillips. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use a promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. And then you can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, PayPal, or use it for an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents, up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. I'm making progress in my bankroll because I went 6-0 and straight up and 4-2 and against the spread in last weekend's 
wild card weekend round of the NFL playoffs on Bet Online. And so can you. Bet Online is wishing you guys a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the Super Bowl and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started from football to basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, along with David Harrison at dharrison82 on Twitter. You can follow him, read him rather, uh, at si.com's Fam Nation covering the WFT. I'm Chris Russell at WrestleMania621, the podcast at Locked WFT Pod. We have a big announcement, guys. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show podcast is heading on the road to Los Angeles for Super Week. That's right. Middle of February. It's coming. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, David, let's get into this. Mel Kuyper Jr. put out his first mock draft of the season. Uh, We'll be doing a lot of these, and obviously the more controversial, the better. I'm just going to hit it right up. No quarterbacks in the top 10, which is very, very, very unusual, but I think a lot of people think that has a good chance of happening this year. But at number 11, the first quarterback taken, you know who's picking the Washington football team, and he has them taking Malik Willis from Liberty. And to that, you say? Well, first of all, who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever get old, at least not for me. I don't know. Hopefully those of you out there laughed a little bit. Um, No, Wait, wait, that was – who who was that that said that? Not Bill Pulley. That was like – it was a Colts Dick GM. To- I don't remember the name. I think it was like Dick Tobin or something yeah, like that. I just know I it was a Colts it was, GM at the time. I think it was to- I think his name first name was Dick, but it might. It, 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 I know it was Tobin, I, and I think it was Dick Tobin. But <laughs> go ahead. Um, if, you, if those of you out there are too young to understand the reference, like just Google it and you'll find yeah. it. Just, just Google what yeah. I just said and, and yes. you'll find it. So no disrespect to Mel Kuyper. He's been doing this a lot longer than I have. He's forgotten more about draft analysis and evaluation than I have learned. I don't like Malik Willis as a first round pick. I don't like Malik Willis as a first quarterback off the board, uh, you know, reading through what he writes and I'm not going to read the entire thing. He basically says that Malik Willis is the most talented quarterback uh, in the group. And, and I would agree that when you look at all the, you know, the sum of the, the parts and everything, he definitely has, I think the most upside. Here's the problem though, to go from his floor to get to that upside, he has the furthest to travel, in, in my opinion. And that's, again, it's mid-January, so that's always subject to change. And one thing that Mel does point out is that Malik Willis is going to be at the Senior Bowl. And this might be the most important week for Malik Willis, more important than maybe any other player that's gone through the Senior Bowl. And I know that sounds extremely hyperbolic, but I think it's very true because Willis didn't play with NFL talent. He didn't play against NFL talent. And to be quite honest, he didn't play with NFL caliber coaching. So Malik Willis is literally a kid who is coming into an NFL, you know, simulated type of environment 
for the first time to the fullest extent. Like you even look at like Noah Spence when he came from what was like Eastern Montana State or something. I can't remember, but he had come from Eastern. I think it was Eastern Kentucky. Was it? it? Yeah, I I don't remember. I just remember it was Eastern, but he had come from Ohio State before that. It was a highly, you know what I mean. So, but Malik Willis isn't that kind of guy. Like Malik Willis, this is his. This is his comfort zone. Is playing against much lesser uh, competition. So if he goes out there and balls out at the Senior Bowl, then he can he can earn himself a lot of stock. But if he goes out there and falls flat or struggles or, or has a hard time getting up to speed, even if he has like a really strong day three, honestly, I think it's going to hurt him. I have Malik Willis as a day two prospect. Like, and I know quarterbacks get overdrafted, but I have Malik Willis as a day two prospect. And honestly, Dane Brugler from the athletic, Chris, one of the guys that I follow the most in, in draft preparation season, he also has Malik Willis as a day two prospect. But honestly, the only quarterbacks Dane has going on day one are Pickett and Corral. Every other quarterback, Malik Willis, uh, uh, Ritter, uh, Strong, he has all those guys going on day two, which fits more what I think their actual potential is and their actual you know Florida ceiling uh, is. But I think that what we end up seeing is probably four quarterbacks go in the first round. I just don't like Willis for a team that needs a guy to start today. Yes, David. I, I like. I'm right there with you. I, and now, listen. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'm really just kind of scratching the surface on obviously my own evaluations. In addition to, uh, you know, of course, seeing clips and and, and reading, you know, evaluators. Uh, reports and beliefs and all that stuff. So I don't want to sit here and poo-poo Mel Kuyper Jr. by any stretch. Uh, As you said, he's been doing it way, way, way longer than any of us have. And he is, you know, the godfather, if you will, of draft coverage. Now, that doesn't mean he's not influenced in the wrong way or Mm -hmm. that he doesn't get stuff wrong. It happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens all the time. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. What what I know is this: Malik Willis is challenged from a height perspective. Number one, uh, I, I think what you said is perfect. He has the highest ceiling, maybe, yeah. but he has the the lowest floor right now, and the 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 largest jump to make. Yeah. Uh, essentially, is what you said in a nutshell. I don't know if I exactly said it right, mm-hmm. but I hope I did yeah, and didn't take away from what you were trying to mean. So I'm with you on that. So the height, the growth curve. You know, this isn't Trey Lance in San Francisco, who was, you know, who who, who Kyle and the 49ers, you know, traded up from I think 11 or 12 to three took Trey Lance when a lot of people thought they were going to take Mac Jones, but they had Jimmy Garoppolo to let Trey Lance learn. Washington has Taylor Heineke, but that's not going to cut it for more than probably seven, maybe, maybe eight wins. That's just not going to cut it. So they're in a different prism. They're in a different perspective. And that's the problem with going with this type of situation, to be honest with you, uh, and without overkill so early in the process, mm. uh, I'll just say this. I've talked to a couple of coaches, including one coach, uh, Ben Kotwika, who he had on the show. Uh, he's an Army f- football assistant. Mm. They played at Liberty, and he gave me a really good scouting report of Malik Willis, and he loved the athleticism and the rocket arm and all of that, You know the things that make people go, oh, my God, this kid can be really good. But then there's the other side, and he was talking about footwork and mechanics and game processing and reading defenses, and that's just what he could see on tape and what he could see from the field. 
in yeah. one game, yeah. you know, never mind what everybody else has on Malik Willis throughout the process. And again, nobody's saying that he's not going to be a, a potentially good quarterback in the NFL. I, I just think we're all saying it's going to take maybe two to three years. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, and I'm not an evaluations expert, right. But I have been educated to a certain extent, to a certain degree here and there. And, and I've, I've had classes with some other people like Lewis Riddick and, and all that stuff. And listen, when you're writing up a scouting report or reporting on a player, and the last thing you talk about in the report is the first thing that they're supposed to do. That's usually not a good sign. When you look at Mel Kuyper's report, like he's a dual threat signal caller, rushed for this many yards, run, ran for this many two touchdowns over the past two yards. Oh, by the way, he's also got a powerful arm. That's a problem. Like that, that signals a problem. And, you know, Mel mentions that he been, he has, he got sacked 51 times in 2021. The way that Mel tries to write it is almost like a benefit to Malik Willis. Like look how many right. times he got sacked yet. He still did all these things. My yeah. question is, why are you getting sacked 51 times? Like, well, that, that's a that that's the thing. That's a great question because yeah. that's what jumped out to me right away. You know, I covered Robert Griffin III mm-hmm. in his career here in Washington. Guess what? He got sacked a ton. You know who he tried to blame? Everyone but Santa Claus. You know who the people that actually understood football, meaning coaches and offensive linemen, knew was the problem? Yeah. Robert Griffin III. RG3. Yeah. Okay. So – that worries me enormously about Malik Willis. Not saying he's the only one that gets sacked. You're going to get sacked. Right. Not saying that. But but to have that is not is not just, oh, he had no help and no talent around him. Yeah. We all understand that he can run and break free and break contain and put, you know, we, we've seen that with Jalen Hurts. We've seen that with Lamar Jackson. I care much more about can you beat somebody from the pocket or beat somebody with your arm, even if you have to extend or roll or flush. I care much more about that than your rushing statistics, which are are, okay. They might buy you some time. They might buy you some plays. They might win you some games, but they're not long-term sustainable. Yeah. And and we're talking about a college football schedule here. We're not talking about 17 games, you know? So if you're, if you're getting sacked almost five times a game, yep that shows that you yep. either have a lack of understanding of what's in front of you on your side, a lack of understanding of what's coming at you from the other side, or you're trying to do too much to keep the plays alive. And that is a habit that is hard to break. And it is a problem. Another habit, Chris, that's hard to break is eating junk food. We all like junk food. Well, I don't know if we all like Tom Brady doesn't like junk food. So everybody, but Tom Brady likes junk food, but there is an easy way to still satisfy the craving for junk food, but also eat a little bit healthier and that is with our friends Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and in a lot of flavors, even better than a candy bar. Unlike other protein bars that are chalky, waxy, taste like a chemical spill, taste like cardboard, to be quite honest with you. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring and you start thinking it's just not worth it. Where's the good stuff? Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has the good stuff covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars have just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but they're packing 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Get rid of your candy stash. Replace it with a Built Bar stash. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out but you want to get healthier, you can at least eat something that tastes good. Replace the candy with a Built Bar. You're already on your way. And there's so many flavors to choose from that you really can't run out of options. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many, many more, and new ones dropping all the time at built.com. So make sure you hit the website up often to see what's coming. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Final segment here at the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at Russellmania621. The show at Locked WFT Pod. Chris. Uh, mock draft conversations. We're going to be having them all the way up until April and into the day one. Honestly, day two, day three, we're still going to have mock draft conversations. But conversation that we're not going to have for very much longer, we've got, what, about a month left of this conversation is postseason football. Uh, postseason football is the best time to be playing football. Unfortunately, Washington not in it. But we do still have eight teams in the hunt. Let's make some predictions for the weekend. Let's Let's see who's going to their conference championship games. And let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow visiting Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans favorite at home by three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with the home team and with the favorite. Um, I think they'll cover, but I'm not sure. Um, So I'm kind of waffling on that. But I think Tennessee wins this game, David. I I, I think a lot of people are going to, the sexy pick all throughout the playoffs until they get eliminated is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals because of who you just mentioned and all of their weapons and all of that. But don't forget, they have a couple of key injuries now in their front seven. And that front seven basically, you know, struggled to hold on down the stretch against the Las Vegas Raiders last Saturday. Uh, Tennessee is rested. I think they get Derrick Henry back. And that's a large part of the reason why I go there. They're rested again. Get Derrick Henry, I think, back at home. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah, I got to go Tennessee, too. I mean, honestly, even without Derrick Henry, like when when Derrick Henry went down, I was like, OK, the Titans are done. You know, let's scratch it. And this will probably be when they realize Ryan Tannehill ain't it. And you're probably going to be talking about them looking at a quarterback in the draft as well. And next thing you know, they're the number one seed in the AFC. Now, granted, you know, if you have like two more games, it's probably the Chiefs are the number one seed. Got it. But the Tennessee Titans are where they are. And I think it has a lot to do with coaching and Mike Vrabel and his staff have done a really good job of adjusting to the players they have against the opponents that they have. And, and I just look at his level of experience and what he's already proven to do. I like the Cincinnati Bengals. I like them as an upstart team. I'm looking forward to hopefully like 10 years of Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, uh, bringing those Bengals back to relevancy, but I still think the Titans are the same thing at home. And I, I like the spread. I think, I think it's probably about a five point win for the Titans. Okay. Uh, so you're a little bit more confident on the spread, uh, three and a half right now at betonline.ag uh, as of this recording. All right, the Buffalo Bills back to Arrowhead Stadium. They won big there on a Sunday night earlier this year, lost the AFC Championship last year. Yep. Uh, David, who you got in this game? Yeah, this is one of two upset predictions I have for the weekend. I got the Bills beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, listen, even going back to that, that win over the Steelers, I mean, and when you watch that game, the Kansas City Chiefs did everything in their power to give Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers a chance to pull off an upset uh, in Arrowhead. The Buffalo Bills are going to be able to take advantage of those mistakes better, well, you know, at all. The Steelers didn't take advantage of them at all, so obviously better than what the Steelers did. And I feel like this Bills team, like they've got something to prove, but they've had something to prove at various points throughout the season. You go back to Buffalo's game against Washington, they had something to prove, and they've handled it without panicking in the moment. So I like that. I like the experience of coming back to this game. And I think Coach McDermott is going to have those guys ready. I think they they take care of business on the road over the Chiefs. 
I'm right there with you. This is my upset pick of the week as well. Uh, I don't you know. Listen again, it's easy to pick uh, the bills to be a, a sexy team after they throttled the new England Patriots mm. last Saturday night. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing to go on the road at Arrowhead and beat Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes. Kansas city's offense has been better the last six or seven games. So look out for that, obviously, but the bills defense is number one in the NFL and they travel well, and they've run the ball better this yep. year. Maybe they're passing game not as explosive as it was last year, but still explosive enough between Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox and the running backs out of the backfield. The Buffalo Bills win this game. I'm right there with you. Rams at your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a tough game, man. This is going to be a hard one. I got to go with the Bucs. I'm taking the Bucs, that line. I mean, this could be a one-point game. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, if, if you could have a half-point game, it would be a half-point game. Uh, but uh, this one, this one's going to be a tough one uh, no matter what. I wish, I honestly wish this line was even because I really feel like it should be an even line. And I think that if Tristan Wirfs, uh, the all-pro right tackle for the Buccaneers, can't go on Sunday, that that line will move to even uh, before, you know, if that's announced on Friday. But it, it's a toss-up. But in a toss-up, you got to go Tom Brady over Matt Stafford. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you too. I'm very worried about Wirfs. I mean, I, I think Fournette will be back, uh, but he mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be back last week. He yeah, wasn't. So did we. Um, you know, to me, the Rams demolition of Arizona. I don't trust Arizona. Right. I know. I know that Tampa is not going to be pushed around like Arizona was. I think it'll be a very tight game like you, but I'm going with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a smidge. Again, not sure if they cover the three, although that's you know a pretty low number, but uh, sh- don't forget, short week as well. And then the last game, San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. Again, the NFC playoffs coached three of the four teams by former Washington Redskins coordinators yeah. or in Matt LaFleur's case, a quarterbacks coach who you got in Lambeau field. Yeah. Listen, the NFC championship game is going to go through Florida or Los Angeles. Cause the 49ers are going to upset the green Bay Packers. Uh, I just, I like the way this Niners defense stacks up against the Packers offense. And I don't think the Packers defense has enough to truly stop Jimmy G and the 49ers offense from putting up enough points to get out of Lambeau with a win. I feel like if the Niners lose this game, Chris, it's on Jimmy G. And I know there's a lot of people who are looking at Jimmy G to maybe come to Washington uh, and be a quarterback for a year or so. If I don't have that much faith in Jimmy G, to be quite honest with you, but I'm looking at the 49ers defense. Uh, I like what they bring against the Packers offense. And if if Jimmy G and that offense, you can just put up enough points. I think, honestly, if you get to if you if you get to 20 points for the San Francisco 49ers, I think you win this game. All right. I've got San Francisco plus the five and a half, but I'm picking Green Bay to win, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think I think it's a three-point game, maybe a four-point game. I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and Green Bay gets it done, but I think San Francisco covers the five and a half currently right now. So I'll go with that. I, I love both of these teams. Love a bunch of the coaches and personnel on both of these teams. Got to work with them, cover them for several years, uh, rooting for both teams. I don't know how you do that, but, you know, I just <laughs> – uh, like I got to make a pick and yeah. you know, one of the, one team will win and one team will lose. All right. That's going to do it for us for the week right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Again, we'll be back next week. Make your second listen 
of the day. The Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, it's hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you have a question or a topic you want to get in on, hit us up via email, lockwftpod at gmail.com, lockwftpod at gmail.com, or the voicemail line, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. We want to hear from you. And that's going to do it for us today, Washington football fans. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington football team on SI.com's Fan Nation. Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medher Show on the flagship station from the WFT, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Back here next week after the divisional round of the NFL playoffs right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.